Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek. And now the benches are empty. It's time for hour two of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yerzhinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate. And Yerzhinsky not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate. And here they go. Step up to the plate for hour two of the Hot Corner. Posebnik getting into it with Barrett. And there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Solid contact right there. The fan. Welcome to the second hour of the hot corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can always find that in the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. Speaking of podcasts, Mike and I will be at Bridgetown Beer House tomorrow at noon to record the Battle of the Brands podcast. Uh, that'll drop about four o'clock tomorrow, wherever you get your podcasts, including 1080thefan.com. Okay, Michael, you ready? Oh, boy. You ready to talk some real baseball here? Am I ever? I'm setting my keepers now, though, so I'm getting getting into the mindset uh, here. I started looking at them, too. I want to start in the National League East as we'll, you know, break down some divisions between now and the opening day, and we'll eventually get to our predictions on, you know, who wins what and all that kind of stuff. So I figured it was apropos to start in the National League East as the reigning, uncheating World Series champions, Washington Nationals, sit there. Uh, And let's start with that team. Uh, Interesting offseason for them. Um, They lose Anthony Rendon, who is arguably their best hitter. He was their best hitter. Yeah. Uh, The reason I was going to say arguably is because he might be their best player. It just depends on how much weight you give Strauss or Scherzer. Yeah. Well, it's definitely no one in the last bullpen. year. He was their best player. Yeah, but he was certainly certainly their best hitter. Yeah. Uh, so they lose him, but they re-signed Steven Strasburg, World Series MVP, which I th- I think a lot of us didn't think would happen. I think a lot of us thought they'd lose both Rendon and Stras. I was a little bit surprised that Strasburg came back. Yep. Um, based on initial reports, I thought he was for sure gone. But I guess no, you you always wanted to give him a chance. So yeah. And so they do that, and I'm looking, you know, at my good friends here, at roster resource. Uh, the team outside of Rendon is mostly unchanged. Yep. Um, the only difference is they acquired Starlin Castro to play second base instead of an you know an aging whoever they're playing at second base. Well, Howie Kendrick, who's still on the bench, right, right, but you know wasn't as Drupal Cabrera as well. Wasn't, still there. Wasn't Brian Dozier there? Uh, I don't think he was playing regularly. Or, I think- or uh, David Murphy. No. Daniel Murphy, you mean? Daniel Murphy, sorry. No, he was in Colorado. Um, no, I think it was Cabrera at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, and, what up, him dude? Him and Kendrick were split in time. That's my guy. So, yeah, Starlin Castro, 
back on a team that matters yep. after being in the Marlins for the last couple of years. Yeah, and they picked up Eric Thames to play first. We'll see. I mean, he had that. He had that one amazing year. That one amazing year. So we'll see if that does anything. But, you know, this team is largely unchanged. I mean, this pitching staff of Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, Anibal Sanchez is not a bad four. Patrick Corbin's not a bad three. I can't believe he'll have as bad of a year next year as he did last year. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't great. Um, so I still like that pitching staff. That bullpen looks like garbage, though. Well, so here's the thing with the Again. Nationals. Here's the thing with the Nationals to me is last year they were the beneficiaries of being really hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Their team, especially without Anthony Rendon, is not that great. Their starting staff is great. Mm-hmm. Their top three, I'm not sure I believe in Anibal Sanchez. You know, at some point, he's going to fall off the cliff, and I thought he had already done it, and he kind of rebounded last year, but I'm not 100% sure about him. Straw, Scherzer, Corbin, great, right? Really good top three. But their lineup, I love Juan Soto, of course. Yeah. Uh, but Victor last, Robles. But Robles was disappointing last year, hitting Agreed. wise. Agreed. Um, you know, you got Trey Turner, which is solid. You know, you got the often injured Adam Eaton. You mentioned the guys that you added. I don't think there's a lot of sexy offensive names outside of Soto, and I guess Turner on this team. And you're right, the bullpen, which last year was a gigantic issue for them, and again, got good enough at the right time, but they also didn't use their bullpen very much in the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of flaws on this team. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they necessarily care because they just won a World Series. But I don't – I mean, it's really hard to repeat in any sport, especially baseball. I mean, this team might not even make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I think this team is going to live or die by if Robles, Trey Turner, and Soto get better. I mean, it's crazy to think that Juan Soto can get better, especially after the playoff performance we saw from him. Uh, but if those prospects who are now full-time leaguers – if those guys continue to get better, that's their only hope. Because I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves. That team looks real good. That team looked real good. You know, they lose Josh Donaldson. But they just gained Marcelo Zuna. And they might have dodged a bullet by losing Josh Donaldson. And and don't forget the Phillies, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Phillies are there, too. You know, they had D.D. Gregorius. Is Andrew McCutcheon going to be the player we saw that he was at the beginning? You know, does Bryce have a good season? J.T. Real Muto. I mean, that team is loaded. Yep. They're, New they're pitching, Their pitching staff isn't my favorite. Added Zach Wheeler this year. But they did add Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. You know, we love Aaron Nola a lot on this show. I mean, who knows what you'll get from Arietta, But I, I'm with you. I think, I think it's going to be tough for the Nationals. But last year, Mike... I sat right here and was like, the Nationals stink. This team is trash. They should trade Anthony Rendon right now and Strasburg to get something so they're not sunk forever, and then they won a World Series. Well, you were right for half the year, Mm -hmm. and then they just became good all of a sudden. Yeah. There was talk about their manager, Davey Martinez, being fired in June. Yeah, and and now he's like, now he like has to be on like heart monitors because they won so many games. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, I I, last year was... uh, a fool me once, shame on you. I'm I'm not going to shame on me. So I'm not going to bury the Nationals as I have in years past. I'm not going to bury them. I just I just don't think. I do, yeah, I do not think they are the best team in the division. I think they benefited from being hot at the right time last year. That's not to say it can't happen again. But the two better teams in the division are Atlanta and Philly. Atlanta adding Marcelo Zuna. And great, Travis Darno. Yeah, that's true. He actually played well for the Rays last year um, in, in split time with a couple of other people. But. Look, Ozuna can't field, but he's a good hitter. 
And in the middle of that lineup, surrounded by guys like Freddie Freeman and Acuna and, and Albies, I mean, that's a good spot to be. It's really good. Ender and Ciarte had a bad year last year, but he's a good hitter. They, they, uh, their bench isn't super sexy. They still have Marquecas down there and Adam Duvall, if you remember. He's a power hitter who used mm-hmm. to play for the Reds. But this, to me, this team all comes down to their young starters continuing to be good from last year. Yeah. Soroka was great last year. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. That was his second year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Max Fried in his first year came up and was also quite good. I had a, ro- a rocky passion at the end of the year, but was a solid starter. You know, can Fulty bounce back? I, I don't know. He had a really bad year. Looked good at the end until he gave up 10 runs to the Cardinals yes. in game five of a playoff series. Um, you know, you, you got some young arms there. So, but I, I, I like the Braves because of their, their, their uh, lineup. And then again, I mean, maybe this is silly because last year was such a disaster. I mean, the Phillies are the best team on paper in this division. They just are. You think so? Yeah. Because I love this Braves staff. And I was just about to get into this bullpen. All the guys they traded for a playoff push last year, they still have. Mark Melanson, Will Smith, Shane Green. Like, they still got those guys. Yeah. Chris Martin was good last year, too. Yeah. Like, they, they did all those trades to beef up the bullpen. And they're still here. They didn't but, rent them. But to me, bullpens are fickle. And none of those yeah, guys, fair. none of those guys scream surefire great pitcher this year. Well, I like Shane Green a lot. Sure, but, watch him kick our butt. But is Shane Green an elite reliever? No, he's good. He's been good. Fair. And that's just there's no elite reliever there, and that's all I'm saying. So yeah, I like the top of their staff for sure, but their lineup is what gets me. It's the Phillies that that to me are the now the Phillies bullpen is also a question mark, but all things considered, you get Aaron Nola as your number one, and he was good last year. Love him. I really like Zach Wheeler. I think he's very good. And I'm out on Zach. You are? Mm-hmm. Um, Arietta, okay, good good veteran. You know, you've had Velasquez for a couple of years. He showed some promise last year. And you've had mm-hmm. some good young arms come up. And then you added a couple of good depth bench guys. Josh Harrison, Neil Walker are there this year on the bench. Good rotation guys to come in for injured players. Didi's there at shortstop. You're moving Gene Segura to a different position. Um, you know, you've got, you, like you said, McCutcheon's back. I The Phillies are good team i think i think the most underrated move that the phillies did that i think could be a big thing for them is joe girardi i like girardi i've always he's, liked girardi he's very stable he, he's not he's not a new age manager he's not a new he's, age guy but, he's but stable. he he his style works him personally i like girardi i think that could be exactly what they need and and reese hoskins for all that stuff like he seemed like he was on this trajectory to be a lot better than he was last year. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was last year. And boy, fantasy bullet dodged. Cause I was like trying to do everything I could to get Reese Hoskins. <laughs> I was like, this is the guy, this is the guy. Eh, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, anyway, yeah, King Felix is on the Braves too. <laughs> Shut up. Well, a texter said it. <laughs> don't lie to me. He's there. Yeah, he's there, but he's not on the team. Well, they're projecting him as the number five starter in roster resource. As Wesley nice as Wesley Snipes said when he woke up in a bed in his pajamas outside of spring training. I got cut already. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, real quick, who you got winning that division? As much as I, I think the Phillies are the best team, I'm going to go with the Braves. The, Bra- the Braves have that special mojo that the Phillies didn't last year. Maybe they'll get it this year, but... Man, the Braves are good. I'm all in on the Bravos. I'm all in on the Bravos. And spoiler alert for the future down the line of we're picking, I am all in on the Bravos. I'm all in. I love that team. I love that staff. It's the pitching staff. I'm so in love with it. Soroka is my third favorite pitcher on that staff, and he's the best. (laughs) 
You're just, you just like Fulty because you want him to pitch well for you in fantasy. No, and I, and I grew, we grew a relationship together, Michael, and <laughs> I support him, and I'm cheering him on, and I, and I like Max Fried a lot. Yeah, I like those guys a lot. The M's, the triple M's, the M&M's. That was stupid. All right, when we come you back. You said stupider. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. I feel kind of bad for already picking who we think we're going to win the division without talking about two of the other teams in the division. But when you're the Marlins and the Mets, I think that was an okay move. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that was an okay move. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wanted to talk about them. You were like, what should we talk about next? I was like, well, you just kind of ignored two teams. but It's okay. Well, <laughs> the Miami Marlins might be the worst team in baseball. Well, that's not true. The Seattle Mariners, I firmly believe, will be the worst team in baseball. And they're trying to be the worst And they're team trying baseball. to be, and boy, are they going to succeed. The, the Marlins but hey, tried. they got Carl Edwards Jr. Just <laughs> That's true. Just throwing that out there. They also brought back Talon Walker, so. Yeah, baby, Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, Adam Jones, the free agent still, or what? <laughs> Eric Bedard coming back? <laughs> the, uh, Low blow, Mike. I do think the Marlins are trending up a little bit, a little bit. I mean, because mm-hmm. they, they tried to be really bad last year, and then they succeeded. But I will say, just from the small amount that I followed them last year, which was not a lot, some of those young players looked okay. Mm. Um, you know, one guy that stuck out to me because I had him on a fantasy team was Jordan Yamamoto, the guy they called up as a starter. He was actually really good early on. Yeah. Kind of faded a tiny bit, but he's in their starting rotation. Um, you know, a couple of their starters have a lot of potential. They just haven't realized it yet. Um, I really like Alfaro, their catcher. I think he's got a lot of potential as well. Um, Garrett Cooper looked good at times last year. So, I mean, they've got guys. I mean, they added Jonathan Villar, Corey Dickerson, Jesus Aguilar, Francisco Cervelli, and Matt Joyce. So, I don't know. Veterans. <laughs> Veterans, I suppose. To, to Be keep good leadership in the locker room. I mean, it's possible. I think that's probably why they added those guys. Although three of them are going to be starters, according to roster resource. Um, they added a lot of bullpen guys too. So I mean, I don't know. They they're trending up, whereas the Mariners are still trending down. <laughs> Yikes! In my opinion, still nobody on the payroll. Oh no, Marco Gonzalez is now the only player on the payroll Past in twenty twenty one. Yeah. And then, and then, four year four year extension to Marco Gonzalez. The Mets on the flip side. Have a really good starting staff. Dude, still. this team on paper looks pretty decent. <laughs> DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Mats, and Porcello as your fifth starter. I know all five of those guys. Eddie Diaz, Dylan Batansis as your two top relievers. I know both of those guys. You brought in Michael Waka. You still have Juris Familia. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but I know that guy. <laughs> I mean, your lineup's not super sexy, but you know, you got Pete Alonso in there, you got the polar bear, and you got Jeff, Jeff McNeil, McNeil, who hit like 320 last year. Yeah, so, and, the, I mean, and, and the Beave, Michael Conforto. Yeah, and you got, and, you know, Robinson Cano's there still. <laughs> looking cool doing things. For whatever looking reason. Looking cool doing less things, but looking cool doing things. <laughs> For whatever reasons, he's still there. Um, this team shouldn't be as bad, but yeah, the the the, the Mets are going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, who's their manager? Um, We don't, do we know? I think we do know. Hold on. I forget who it was, though. They promoted, like, a bench coach or something. <laughs> yeah, because they were like, uh-oh. They hired Carlos Beltran and then fired him, like, four days later. 
That's the one thing. I don't know on roster resource where the coaches are. Where is the manager? Uh, I think you just click the team information part at the top, and that will tell you things like payroll. Um, like Jacob deGrom is going to make $21.7 million next year. Okay. I can't find it. And honestly, I don't know if it matters. I don't think the guy they hired is necessarily a sexy name. They were just like, hey, we need to have a manager. Yeah, somebody. Anybody. Luis Rojas. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah, me neither. They got Chili Davis as their hitting coach, though. Hell yeah, Chili Davis. What up, baby? I loved him. What up, baby? Uh, I do love this, though. I just found out that it will sh- that it will share with you the players no longer on the 40-man roster or no longer in the organization that are still getting paid. Oh, really? Yeah, David Wright gets a check for 12 mil next year. <laughs> Mets so. fans are just thrilled that he's not in the in the dugout anymore. Yeah. Him and his bad back. Although it doesn't say anything about Bobby Bonilla on this. Ah, so it's wrong. So it's got to be wrong. Is his deal still going? Oh, for sure. When, do, when does that end? Never. I don't, I don't know. It's just now all time. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day every day. <laughs> the contract year, actually like, runs up and the Mets accounting just forgets and writes it again. <laughs> what is it, like July something is Bobby yeah, it's Bonilla like Day? It's like July 3rd. July 2nd, July 3rd is Bobby Bonilla Day. Anyway, I think this Mets team could be good, but they're not going to be. Yeah, because of the Mets. Because they're the Mets. And, the you know, Marlins won't be as bad as you think. I'm just going to say that right now. Hot take. Okay. I think they finish last, and I think they're going to be bad. Cold take. <laughs> I mean, they still might finish last, but they're not going to be as bad as you think. That's all. What do you expect out of um, Marcus Stroman next year? I got a lot of questions about the Mets staff. Outside of DeGrom. DeGrom, we know, will be good. But DeGrom's my boy. He's also 32, so it's going to be a little bit. I don't care, man. He looks good. He's going to, you know, we're going to start getting into that territory. But Syndergaard was awful last year. Mm-hmm. And Stroman is all over the place most of the time. Matt's all over the place. And Porcello all over the place. So, I mean, it could be amazing. You know how I feel about Porcello. Yeah, I know. But he is that an MVP. Sucks. He, or he is a Cy Young winner at a some point. BS Cy Young. At one point in his career, he yeah, did win he, a Cy Young. because he won like 23 games with a 5.6 ERA. It was not that high. Yeah, but there were, he did win 23 games. There were a bunch of dudes with way better ERAs than that guy. Um, But I don't know. I mean, like. Strowman is such a weird pitcher to me. He's he's amazing, but in the head, he's all over the place. Yeah. So when he gets mentally out of it, he's just bad. And now he's going to be, I mean, it's not as much pressure as playing for the Yankees, but there's a lot of pressure in New York. And if you suck on the Mets, you're going to be on the back page of the New York Post, and the New York Daily News, and they're going to be making fun of you. So I don't know. How does he handle that pressure? He said, I mean, he's from New York, and he says he's, he handles it well, but I don't know. He always kind of seemed like a basket case to me. You think Pete Alonso takes a step back? Um, I think it's only natural to think that, you know, second year, a little sophomore slump, but he was so good last year, at least home run wise. I don't know if it's like a step back power wise, but he might take a slight step back in impact. Yeah. I love Pete Alonzo. Fun to watch. One of my favorite young kids of this, you know, and we've talked about this at length and I'm sure we'll go over it again at some point in the season. The youth movement right now is just incredible. Unlike anything I've ever seen in baseball and Pete Alonzo's pretty high on the list for me. I like that guy a lot. I'm I'm really interested in to see McNeil. I really want to know what he does. And I'm I'm really curious about Syndergaard. Because I think if I think if Noah has a bad season, I think he's done. Like he might pitch. You know, he might he's obviously gonna hang around because people are gonna try to believe in his stuff. But if he has a repeat of last year, 
all those talks of him potentially being great are gone. Absolutely gone. So I'm interested to see how he reacts to that. And I like Syndergaard. I, I think when he's on, he's he's pretty damn good. Uh, but we'll see. We haven't seen that. I don't understand what happened to him last year. Yeah, me neither. It was just gone. Yeah. And you had Mickey Calloway. And I know that turned out to be a disaster and everybody hated it and they eventually fired him. But Mickey Calloway is a pitcher whisperer. I mean, that guy's really good with pitchers. And to so, see so we were said to or made to believe. I, I I will vouch for him. Might have been a bad manager. He's a damn good pitching coach. And so yeah, I wonder if I wonder if maybe he just tried to fix Syndergaard and make him better and he couldn't adapt. And you have that roller coaster kind of like that year where you your your batting's down because you're trying to change your whole approach. I don't know if it's something like that. We'll see. Interesting. I think Jacob deGrom is, you know, he's going to be my preseason Cy Young pick for the National League if it's not my boy in St. Louis. But we'll get to those guys later. All right, when we come back, we got fair or foul. I love how random your favorite pitchers are in baseball. Why? It's just like. I love Jacob deGrom and Jack Flaherty. What I know. do you want from me? But it's like everyone else. Are awesome. Everyone else loves other players. You're like, yeah, Jack, that Jack Flaherty guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. My big dog. All right, when we come back, we'll do fair or foul. But first, we'll turn it over to Michael for sports. Fair or foul time here on the hot corner. My Cougs are losing. We're only down by 10, though. But we'd only scored 22 points. 20 points at half. We have 41 now. So, upgrade. We're doing better. Without further ado... Michael, you are in charge tonight. This is your show. Okay, hold on one second. As I do two things at once. Okay. Um, My idea for this today, and this is based on what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is we were looking at the Hall of Fame class and stuff and looking in the future. Now, next year's first-year guys are not particularly sexy. We've talked about that. I remember that. But I want to play a little bit of a game with those who will be on the ballot for the first time seeing... And I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you than I normally do, seeing what you think about these players, okay? Okay. First one I'm going to start with is war. Okay. Three of the players that are coming in first next year have a 50 or higher war. Out of this list, who are those three players? Aramis Ramirez, Barry Zito, Dan Heron, Tim Hudson, Torrey Hunter, Mark Burley, and Shane Victorino. Which three of those had a 50 or higher career war? I will say the names again. Aramis Ramirez, Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, Torrey Hunter, Mark Burley, Shane Victorino. I like Torrey Hunter. That is one. He was 50.1. Ooh, cutting it close, baby. Um... I actually like Dan Heron in this. Incorrect. He was at 35. Ooh, yikes. Um, Tim Hudson? Yep. He is uh, the second highest at 58.1. And I, and oh, and so the highest hasn't even been chosen. Um, Barry Zito, Mark Burley, Aramis Ramirez, Shane Victorino. I think it's got to be Mark Burley. It is yeah, Mark Burley. Yeah. Burley, 59.2 career. War. Extremely underrated pitcher. Um, I had to watch Mark Burley his entire career. He's like a Paul Canerco, like just some classic White Sox that uh, I couldn't truly hate because they were very, very good. I, I, I enjoyed watching Mark Burley pitch. 
He got himself a perfect game. He moved. Like he didn't he didn't waste time pitching. Mark Burley was a good guy. Timmy Hudson's one of my favorite pitchers that I ever watched. Just a guy that I liked. There are three players who are going to be on the first time ballot who have 250 plus home runs. Well, Tory Hunter. Yep. I was going to give you a list, but it's I was doing it in the top of my head. So Tory Hunter's one, so you got two left. Yeah. One of the others I did mention already. Uh, I would. I mean, I guess Aramis. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't think Victorino. Aramis had 386. Tory had 353. Now, someone I didn't mention has also over 250 home runs. He famous, more famous for an in the clubhouse story, more than anything else in his entire career. Uh, He's played for multiple teams. He was a first baseman. Gonzalez. No. He was a first baseman, and it had something to do with his family. With his family? Mm-hmm. First baseman, more famous than anything because of his family. Adam LaRoche. Adam LaRoche. Nice. That's a great guess because I didn't give Harris. you a lot to go on there. Harris, I am impressed with you. 255. If I can just talk to myself on the microphone right now, I am impressed with you. For those who that don't- was a good that was a good cue. That was good. That was that was a tough guess. And I just but I have have not thought about Adam LaRoche for a very long time. Yeah, for those who don't know the story, he used to bring his son into the clubhouse with him and it was like the thing that he did and Chris Sale hated it so much he cut up his own jersey or something. <laughs> it was such a weird thing. That was when they were on the White Sox, by the way. Um, such a such a strange thing. Did you hear Chris Sale? He goes, Did you see how bad I was last year? You know I wasn't cheating. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. The rest of your team was though, loser. These are the pitchers who are going in for the first time. Tim Hudson. Okay. Mark Burley. Okay. Dan Heron. Barry Zito. AJ Burnett. Aaron Harang. Dang, this is like my childhood. CJ Wilson. Aaron Harang? How many years did he pitch? 30? Latroy Hawkins. Rafael Soriano. Jeremy Affelt. Grant Balfour. Jason Marquis. Kevin Gregg. And... Uh, is funny, but uh, I'm not okay. Skip Schumacher has pitching stats, which is very strange. Uh, <laughs> not Skip Schumacher. Um, those are the pitchers going in for the first time. Now, okay, the person with the lowest ERA is Tim Hudson at a, at three four nine. Okay, it's not uh, bad for a career ERA. No, but who has the second lowest ERA on that list of pitchers? Well, I mean, does and like not, I'm, and I'm does Latroy Hawkins count in yes, this? Relievers do count in this. I mean, my my mind wants me to say, like Mark Burley or Dan Heron, but I kind of like the Latroy Hawkins call. No, Latroy Hawkins hit a four three one. He did pitch for like twenty eight teams. Yeah, this is tough. I'll give you the answer. It's Rafael Soriano. He had a two eight nine ERA. Oh, really? Yep. However, can you guess the starter who had the second lowest ERA? Oh, I would I would think it's Dan Heron. It's not. Dan Heron has one point higher than this player. Is it Mark Burley again? Nope. Burley's a 381. Heron's a 375. The 374 is the second lowest DRA on this Oh, I have no idea. Former Angel, CJ Wilson. Oh. 
C.J. Wilson, didn't they sign him for a lot of money? I think they did, yeah. Didn't he make a lot of money? Former he's Ranger, a, I should say. Too, yeah, yeah, he's a former he Ranger. He looks kind of like Cole Hamels, and he gets kind of compared to Cole Hamels. Or, or get not compared, but like uh, lost in translation with Cole Hamels. Now, I mentioned all the pitchers. One that we have not talked about yet has the most strikeouts of all the pitchers on the new inductees. I mean, I mentioned his name, but we haven't talked about him in this in this game can I hear the names again? The names are Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, Dan Heron, Barry Zito, AJ Burnett, Aaron Harang, CJ Wilson, and you know, a couple others that are not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most strikeouts? Yeah. I want to lean towards AJ Burnett. Correct. Nice. AJ Burnett, 25 13. Uh, that's Andy Pettit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's like by far and away in the new guys the most. The next would be Hudson at 2080. So 500 more strikeouts. You know me, Mike. I got some weird thing in this brain about pitchers, like former pitchers and all that kind of stuff in the historical aspect. I don't know what it is, but I like them. Now, I'm going to throw you. I never thought I was a pitcher guy, but for some reason, those guys resonate with me. I'm going to throw you for a loop here. Okay. A little bit. I love throwing stolen bases at you because I know that's not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, definitely not. So I'm going to give you the top. Uh, the top five in stolen bases in the new inductees list. And you have to tell me who the top three are, okay? Okay. Tori Hunter, Shane Victorino, Alex Rios, Grady Sizemore, and Corey Hart. I don't even know who Corey Hart is. Um, I mean, I have to believe Tori Hunter's on that list. He is third. Okay. I believe Shane Victorino is probably on that list he as well. Is second. Is number one Grady's Ladies, Grady no, Sizemore. Grady did that, not play That would have been awesome. He did not play enough games. Um, number one is one of my favorite never-remembered players from the thousands. I don't know why I like yeah. him so much, but I've, I've always I've always enjoyed this guy. Say the rest of the names again. Well, I can't because you've mentioned four of the five, so. Oh, oh, and so I just can't remember. <laughs> Is it Corey Hart? No, it's not. Alex was, Rios? Alex Rios. Oh, okay. Alex Rios had 253 stolen bases. I don't really remember Alex Rios a whole lot. I think I remember like, him it's easy he to remember the Blue Jays the, for so long. Yeah. It's easier. Oh, yeah, that is that. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Rangers, All right. Blue Jays. Now I remember Alex Rios. And the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, but the flying Hawaiian, you can't forget Shane Victorino. And Torrey Hunter is one of the greatest defensive center fielders of all time. Uh, interesting. Alex Rios. Yeah, I forgot about him. He was really good. All right, there you go. You're not getting the Hall of Fame, buddy. Who of all who of all of the people on the Hall of Fame ballot next year, with the exception of Bonds and Clemens, who has the highest war? That would be Kurt Schilling. Who's 70, next? 79.5. Manny Ramirez. Next, yeah, there's all these steroid dudes. You said without... Oh, sorry, that was the... Uh, like somebody without clout. Uh, Scott Rowland, 70.2. Scotty Baseball. Yep. Love me some Scott Rowland. Omar Vizquel, 45.6. Shut up. He's getting in. Omar's getting in. The only guy who had votes who had less was Billy Wagner at 27.7. <laughs> Billy Wagner's not getting in. No. And I don't think Scotty Baseball's getting in either. Well, Roland's in his fourth year. He's got a little time to be that, like, tenth year, like, oh, here you go, Scott Omar Vizquel's going. 
He's going to the Hall of Fame. I know he is. I'm just telling you, his war is low comparatively. That's all. You're low comparatively. No, I'm not. No, I am an award-winning publisher. You're a towel. <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but it's funny. Uh, it's from South Park. Okay. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. I love that this is our rejoiner music. I've been getting back into some hip-hop lately in my musical listening endeavors. Just been kind of nice. I feel like it's been lacking. Like I took some time off and I'm not quite sure why. That'll happen sometimes. But uh, Spotify's got... uh, a this is Nate Dog playlist. Oof. <laughs> it's so good. It was hot fire. I forgot how much I forgot how much I enjoyed Curtis Jackson. 21 questions. That song I was is say 50 cent you mean? That, yeah, that song is so good. His first two albums are quite good. Yeah, 21 and questions. And after that, <gasps> no. I don't think I I don't think yeah, and I don't think I listen to anything. It's like Kanye. Like a lot of people don't like Kanye, and I don't really care for Kanye, but that's cuz I don't really care for him as a human being. But I really only listened to his first two albums. I think I heard like a track on 808 and Heartbreak and was like, pass. Yeah, that, album, that album's weird. I kind of I have a soft spot for the album a little bit. I think it's just kind of interesting. His best album is My Beautiful Tar- Dark Twist of Fantasy. Not even close. That's his best album. I haven't even heard it. And then his first three are very are very t- close together. Yeah, College Dropout and Graduation is really all I know. Yeah. You know, I know, the, I know the big hits from Yeezus, but... Oh, I don't. Yeah, just those four albums... His first three, college dropout, graduate, or graduation, and I forget the other the name of the other one. I forget. Um, I thought 808 was the third one. No, that's the fourth one. Pretty mm-hmm. sure. And then and then Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy is so good. Oh, interesting. So good. Uh, but, I, but once again, as I'm like re-diving back into my love of hip-hop, um, I was in the kitchen the other night. Me and the lady, we, uh, we had ourselves an evening. Quite nice evening. We got home and she had fallen asleep and I was in the kitchen listening to a bunch of outcast at like midnight. That's your favorite rap group. I I, th- I think so. I think so. I I was I've always been a big Fuji's guy. Like the Fuji's were always my jam. Um I just thought I just think no one sings like Lauren and no one raps like Lauren and I think Proswell is pretty cool, and Wyclef made good beats. I don't love him as a rapper, um, but he makes great beats. I don't love him as I don't love any of them as a person at all. But but I always really enjoyed the Fugees. But the amount of material is so low, you know. I just like I can't tell you the last time I listened to Stankonia the album. I can't tell you the last time I listened to their most popular album because I just listened to Southern Playlistic, At Aliens, which is. Top five hip hop album of all time, in my opinion, and Aquemini. Yeah, I don't know. I just Out- live in those three albums, and they're so beautiful. I like Outcast a lot, but the only thing I've heard from them outside of like just randomly hearing songs mm-hmm. on the show or whatever is I had their greatest hits album mm. that I had downloaded. So I know their be- their best songs, their biggest yeah, yeah. songs, like Rosa and Wheels of Steel. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, so those will be boys. those will be on there, but I don't know those early albums very well because I my my. My rap progression was it was actually the first genre that I fell in love with, 
Mm-hmm. Um, me, me too. First album I bought myself that wasn't like Backstreet Boys or something was Chronic 2001. And then I had like some shady LP and kind of got into Eminem and Dr. Dre and that little world. That's where 50 Cent came from as well. Um, I never really got into Outkast. It just wasn't. I think it was slightly before my hip hop time because I got into hip hop in the early 2000s. So, I mean, Outkast was making music and I knew their popular songs. Yeah, they were songs, already huge at that point. But I didn't. I did. The, that was when I got into it, and that's like, oh, I got into like Little John and Young Bloods and like all those like Southern rap mm-hmm. groups that came out that were just like bad but catchy. Yeah, that was kind of my progression with it. Jermaine Dupree, what up? <laughs> Basically anybody like that. Yeah. So and then now I've kind of grown into. I just like the guys who are good lyricists, you know, Kendrick and J. Cole and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and I've always been a big beat guy. I'm always a big beat guy, which is why I'm a West Coast kid over an East Coast kid. Um, I thought Sean Combs' beats were just not as good as Dr. Dre. I would agree with that. And Not that P. Diddy or Puff Daddy or whoever didn't have good beats. Right, but. right. Um, so I tend to go that way, but I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, Mike, Aquemini. That is so amazing. That album from start to finish, Equimini, is so good. And AT Aliens with Elevators, Southern Playalistic with Crumble and Herb and the Art of Storytelling. Bro, you got to do it. Outcast, man. That band is so legit. Okay. And all the beats are Andre. It's all Andre Benjamin. Even when they did the double album and it was like they each had their own album. Yeah, Andre did the beats for all for both of them. He just made a weird one, and then he did that. Anyway, next week we'll dive into probably the National League Central. Uh, Beers on Us podcast tomorrow drops. That's Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do. Maybe stay cool.